Welcome to Water Spout, brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Water Spout offers a behind-the-scenes look at how we conduct our work, the research, the projects, our partnerships, and most important, how we serve the community by balancing the needs of water for the environment, businesses, and the people in the Sunshine State. Welcome to this episode of Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany Cowie, and today I'm joined by Jeremy Olson to talk about prescribed fire. We use prescribed fire to mimic nature, burning away brush and excessive fuels, and helping to maintain health and diversity of fire-dependent ecosystems and to manage tree diseases. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for taking time with us today. Yeah, glad to be here. So prescribed fire is so important. What brought you to this role at the district? Yeah. So um, I studied wildlife ecology at, at University of Florida um, right out of school. I was a, uh, a biologist with Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission at Triple N Ranch, which is co-owned by the district. And so I actually worked with district staff when I was with the commission. And so kind of, you know, met a lot of the district staff and learned the district mission. And so um, when I learned that there was an opportunity with the district, I, I jumped on, on board. And what did you start your career doing here? Uh, I started at the district working for the Bureau of Land Resources as a land management specialist. And so from there, I promoted to a land manager, and now I'm a land management program manager. So what is a feel for the type of work you've been doing at the district? Yeah, so the biggest thing that we do or that I do is help manage the 420,000 acres of land that the district owns. And so that's everything from from managing invasive plants to prescribed burning to uh, managing recreation on the land. Did you always have a love of science? Is that why you went into that? I did, yeah. yeah. So I grew up actually uh, recreating on the Wakaiba Buffer Preserve. We, uh, I lived right up against the back of it. And so as a small, small child, that's where I spent a lot of my time. Yep. I love that. And now you brought that passion to the district. Absolutely, yep. So you talk, you do have, your job encompasses a lot, but today we're going to focus on prescribed fire in mm -hmm. particular and why that's so important. Will you start just by giving us a lay of the land of what prescribed fire is? Yeah, yeah. So prescribed fire is the controlled application of fire by a team of, of uh, fire professionals under specified weather conditions. And so it's kind of like a, a, a planned, it's a planned event, you know, versus a wildfire, which is an unplanned event. And so we're looking for weather conditions and, and fuel conditions that line up uh, to meet our goals on that specific day. Why would anyone want to use fire on district land, some would ask? Yeah, so uh, fire is a big part of the Florida landscape. Most natural communities in Florida uh, burned naturally, so a lot of them every two years. And so it was just a natural rhythm on the landscape. And so plants and animals in this state evolved with fire. And it's, it's not only something that they, they learn to deal with, but now they depend on it. And so without fire, a lot of things fall out of the ecosystem. And so we're using prescribed fire to keep that from happening. So what about when we see thunderstorms coming and we hear lightning is struck and we see a fire from? Right. Yeah. So those generally, with 22 million people in the state now, we fight wildfires because generally they're going to run and hit houses, um, you know, damage property, hurt people. And so... We will fight wildfires and then use prescribed fires. So it's, um, you know, it's it's one of those like a double-edged sword where fire can be bad and it can be good. And with prescribed fire, it's good. It's good. And we have trained staff who know how to get these prescribed fires going and keep people safe. 
What does the training look like for somebody who's going to, to be part of that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there are two aspects to prescribed fire and that's ignition and holding, you know, so um, a lot of the training looks a whole lot like wildfire training to where it's, it's classes that you take to fight wildfires because if, if a prescribed fire does uh, give you issues, you need to be able to control it. And so um, that's one aspect. And then there is the ignition aspect of, of training to where you learn how to put fire on the landscape to get the, to get the fire effects that you're looking for. So some areas you want to burn kind of cool, you know, like a small fire that might only be knee high. Other areas like scrub, uh, natural communities like that, need to burn with with really intense fires that might be, you know, 20, 30-foot flame lengths. And so um, learning different techniques and able to, to be able to, to get those different fire effects is important. How do you keep the fire from running outside of a boundary that you, as a person, had set? Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, pre-suppression lines on all of our properties. And so that might look like a, a disc fire line. It's a, you know, it might be 10 feet wide that we put in with a tractor. Um, on our wetland properties, we use a marsh master to, to just mash down the vegetation out in the marsh uh, along linear lines, along the edges of, of fire lines. Um, and so those barriers will keep the fire from getting outside of the unit. So you mentioned marsh, and then of course we have district property that has different types of vegetation. Do we use prescribed fire on almost all types of vegetation for control? Not all, but but a, a good part. So uh, most of our upland acres, uh, like mesic flatwoods, scrub, uh, the communities like that do need fire. Um, and then for our marshes, our, our big ones are depression marshes. Those are small wetlands that are inside of our upland units. And then uh, floodplain marshes, which like the upper St. John's is a lot of that. Big, vast marshes like that. When we start a fire of this size that we've planned, how does that affect the wildlife there? Yeah, so wildlife in this state, they, they know the deal with fire. They evolved with it. And so it's amazing how they will find refuge. I mean, just when we get that fire going, they know the deal um, to, to find holes. You'll see animals going down into gopher tortoise burrows, things like that. They'll find wetland edges to get out of the way of the fire. And uh, so it's, you know, that's, that's the deal. Right. So they're safe for the most part. We really are just getting the benefit of the prescribed fire. Yes. Yep. All right. Let's take a quick break and we will be back after this message. The St. John's River Water Management District is committed to preserving and protecting Florida's water resources for generations to come. From improving water use efficiency and reclaiming water for reuse to managing water resources in times of wet and dry periods, the St. John's River Water Management District is taking action on conserving Florida's precious waters. To learn more, visit sjrwmd.com. Welcome back to Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany, and today I'm joined by Jeremy Olson. We're discussing the details of the district's prescribed fire program. Thanks again, Jeremy, for joining us. Thank you. So we've talked about the importance of fire specifically to keep all of the fuel from building up mm. in the wild. But what about the benefits to the ecology and the area? Can you share about a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the ecosystem of Florida evolved with fire, and so a lot of them burned up to every couple of years. So every two years, there was fire sweeping through that landscape. And so the, the plants and animals in those ecosystems not only uh, 
tolerated fire, but they depend on it. And so the plants learned or evolved through time to know that at, right after they burn, they need to produce seeds because there's open ground around them. And so there are plants that won't seed unless they, unless they burn. And so it's really important to keep fire on the landscape to keep those plants, keep those plants going. What magnitude are we talking about at the district? How, how much land are you guys trying to burn in a year? Yeah, so we have uh, we manage over four hundred twenty thousand acres of land. Our goal to burn is over seventy thousand acres, uh, and so that's that's a tall order. I mean, we have uh, you know only so many days where the weather lines up. We have a lot of smoke sensitive areas around us that limits our burn size, and so uh, we're forced to to burn smaller units than we otherwise would uh, to keep those effects from from impacting areas, uh, neighborhoods, and roads and things like that. And so um, with that, we have averaged about 25,000 acres per year of, of burning here at the district, which is a lot. Yep, yep. But uh, it's still not as many as we would, would like to get. So when you do decide today's a good day for a burn and you guys head out there, what does that look like? What does the team look like? And I'm imagining you're contracting some folks too. Yes, yes, we are. And so uh, we rely heavily on our co- cooperators. So we, we have an MOU with other government entities. Uh, we have our, our core staff here at the district. We have over 21 burn bosses. Um, and, and, and what's that? Oh, so that's a certified uh, prescribed burn manager uh, that's certified through the Florida Forest Service. That's someone who can actually pull, uh, pull a burn permit here at the district. And you would have one burn boss who's officially recognized at every prescribed fire. Yes, yes. So they are the main ones that are, that are calling the shots for that burn. Um, yes. Is that person or that team, they stay from the beginning of ignition until it's done? Correct, yes. For the safety of the public? Yes. So what? how long would you expect to be out in the field when this happens? Yeah, so most, most burns start at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Actually putting the fire on the ground starts at about 10 and then usually we're done early afternoon, you know, by four o'clock or so. Yep. And then after that, there are days of mop up and monitoring to make sure that, that everything is going as planned. Yep. So I can only imagine one of the coolest parts of your job is, is starting fire. I've gotten a chance to see some of the equipment that allows that to right. happen. Uh, and it, it does look like it's out of a movie. Honestly, it's so, so cool looking. Tell us about that so our listeners can hear what you're using. Yeah, yeah. So we use a, a variety of equipment to start fires, everything from, from a drip torch, which is basically a pot with a nozzle on the top, and it has a mixture of, of, of diesel and gasoline in it. And so you're basically walking along and, and starting the brush on fire with that. That's the most basic thing that we use. Uh, from there, we go to, to pyro shots, which is basically like a... Like a um, Looks like a paintball gun. Yeah, paintball gun. Yes, exactly. And so it shoots little spheres that have potassium permanganate in them. They get injected with glycol. It creates a, a, a chemical reaction. And so they shoot out into the brush and, and start a fire out there. Um, and then we also use aircraft uh, to start to start fires. And so we have uh, a contract with a helicopter vendor that brings helicopters. And so we put a machine in there that drops spheres out of it, similar to the, you know, it's got the potassium permanganate and glycol reaction. And so um, with that, we can burn a lot of acres in a hurry uh, with a helicopter. And so we really use that for the bigger burns, everything from 400 acres up to 10,000 acres a day with that. Yeah. So it sounds like you, and with your time at the district, you have to have some good stories. What are some that you feel comfortable sharing with us? Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, one is trying to think 
Um, one of the units that I was looking at, you know, so each of our prescribed burn or our, our fire management units has a set of parameters on it that you're, you're looking for. And so some of them are really easy. They're out in the middle of a conservation area. You can burn them with any wind um, because there aren't area roads, things like that. And so back when I was a, a land manager, I had one that had really specific criteria that it needed. So it needed south winds that day. It needed wind to stay up all night, and then it needed rain the next day because it was right up against a road. And so I've been watching the weather for years and just waiting for that. It just never was showing up. Well, I, I was planning a vacation, and I'm looking at the weather, and I'm like, this, it's, it's here. This unit is ready to go. And so I, I moved my vacation and went out, and we did that, that unit. It all went well, but it was one of those things, you know, it was gratifying um, but it shows that there are certain units that, you know, you're really looking for, um, you know, very specific criteria to get them burned. I mean, how exciting. I don't know. You had to cancel your vacation or right. move it. Yeah. That part's disappointing, but yeah. it also shows the commitment you have to the district and the job that you wanted to take advantage of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Any other stories that you have that, that mean something to you that you'll remember for the rest of your life? Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of just, you know, the teamwork that we have with, with burning in that, you know, um, we're all, we're all a team here. We're a team with other agencies. And so um, just, just, kind of coming up with a plan, um, talking to each other, making sure everybody's on board, going there in the morning. And, uh, you know, it's everything from helicopters to bulldozers, all that equipment showing up on site and, and pulling it off, uh, you know, for the betterment of the, the community is, is really gratifying. I can only imagine and clearly important work to help the district achieve their mission. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks so much. Thanks for your part that you play here. Yeah. Yep. Glad to be here. And thank you for taking the time to listen to our conversation today. We hope you'll tune in for our next episode of Waterspout. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you have firsthand access to future content. Until next time, use your water wisely. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Waterspout. To hear more episodes, find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the district on social media or visit sjrwmd.com for more information on today's topic.